Hello, Georges Collinet with you on Afropop Worldwide from PRX. Today, we're going to Botswana for the first time in our many years of making this program. A vast stretch of desert and savanna, the size of Texas or France, Botswana is surrounded by South Africa, Zimbabwe and Namibia. And despite its size, it has a population of just 2.3 million people. Botswana is mostly known internationally for diamonds, cows and safari tourism. Beautiful place. Meanwhile, the music of Botswana has been overlooked even by its neighbors, but that is changing fast. In the past 20 years, Botswana has developed a diverse independent music scene, from traditional choirs to hip-hop, R&B, Afro House, Kwasa Kwasa, and even heavy metal. To tell the story of Botswana's musical growth, we're joined by producers Lodice Mbi and Morgan Greenstreet. Hello, I'm Lodice. I grew up in Francistown in the 80s and 90s. And I'm Morgan. I visited the country for the first time in January 2020. First things first, let's clear something up because I'm sick and tired of hearing Botswanian. So I'll do this once. Botswana is the country, Botswana the people. Motswana, a single person. Setswana is the national language. All right? When I was growing up, respectable music was either associated with the church or with traditional dance groups and choirs. And then there was guitar music like this from Stampore, which would be popular in the neighborhood drinking spots. <laughs> Ah yes, we did hear some of this guitar music on a recent program called More African Guitars. Great stuff. I remember hearing music like this on the radio too when I was growing up. The only radio station in the country at the time was Radio Botswana, RB1. They had news, choral groups, and a daily reading of Lost and Found Cows. They also played a lot of music from South Africa, the UK, and America. South African artists like Brenda Fasi, Chico, Yvonne Chaka Chaka were huge here. And when Guaito hit, we listened to Atha, TKZ, Trompis. In many ways, Botswana still follows South Africa like a little sister. We share our national language, Setswana, with four million people. Our currency, the Bula, is tied to the South African rand. 
and we consume a lot of South African music and television. But in recent years, I've noticed a new independence in Botswana, a sense of pride in what it means to be Botswana, in the unique experiences and cultures that are encompassed here. And there's more music than I can keep up with. I left Botswana in 1999 to go to school in the U.S., and I gradually lost touch with what was happening at home. When we visited in January 2020, I couldn't believe how much had changed. Worldwide. We are hearing Koisan Maxi with Selelo Same from her 2012 album Kashoti. Koisan is a collective term for non Bantu indigenous people of Southern Africa. Though many Batswana are mixed with Khoisan, their traditional way of life has been mostly overturned by the national industries of farming and cattle rearing. Maxi is a pioneer, bringing some traditional music into the national consciousness since 2001. And recently, she has reached international success by collaborating with South African DJ Master KG and Venda singer Makadzi. Lulise and Morgan. In the early 2000s, Botswana saw a resurgence of cultural pride. Groups that incorporated traditional song and dance with accessible beats like Maxi, Mokorwane, Machesa, and Culture Spears launched their careers with support from the national radio and TV stations. <laughs> Kule nyani, kule nyani, kule nyani, kule nyani 
That was Kabelo Moche. With Tembeni Ramaseteng and Magdalene de Solebe, Kabelo founded Culture Spears in 2004 in the remote village of Kazungulan, the Zambian border. They gained national success when one of their performances was broadcast to the entire country during the annual President's Day celebration. We're hearing Kulinyane from Culture Spears. This album went double platinum on DVD. Cabello says DVDs had instant returns. You can earn 100,000 pula really fast. That's about 10,000 US dollars, a lot of money in Botswana. You could go to the car dealership right away with that money. We were really flashy during those years. Traditional music is not hard to write. You just need a relatable storyline, Gabela says. Sometimes I go to the village, to the spata, a shabin, and then I buy beers for everyone and they start singing or talking. If I stay in the city, all I'm going to hear are the hum of cars and I won't be creative. That's why I go to my home village or to the cattle post. When I'm left with my thoughts, working alone with the birds chirping, it makes me write music. Culture Spears has gone through some very public changes in membership, with three of the former members quitting the group. Cabello was married to one of the singers, Magdalene Le Solebe, but they divorced in 2016. She has gone on to pursue a very successful solo career as Chama Girl, currently one of the biggest stars in Botswana. Chama Girl has mostly left traditional styles behind, pushing a sound that is even more popular with people in the streets. It sounds like sukus, right? When we first started catching up on the latest developments in Botswana music on YouTube, I was surprised by the strong influence of Congolese music. I wasn't surprised because I remember when we were hit by a wave of music from the DRC, what we call Kwasa Kwasa.
One of the biggest stars in Botswana today is Frank Lesokwane, better known as Franco. With 17 albums to his name and 20 years in the industry, Franco is a living legend. artist. Franco is just a religion. It's just that he doesn't want to say Franco Apostolic Church of Prophecy. You know, Chef Franco will just come up with an event in Gaboron and people will just get buses from Maum, Francis down to go watch Franco. That's Cabello Tiro, aka Scavenger, who danced with Franco for many years. He had nothing but praise for his former boss. Franco is one person that I can talk of, like, even for a week, without stopping. Franco is Franco, man. And if you're a good artist and you love yourself and you love your money, you can just come up with a show next to where Franco will be performing if you want people to come and support you. Because Franco will take all the people and even your dancers will go watch Franco performing. I'm telling you, Franco is one person who really has that love in our country. They love him so much. funny. Another Franco who also plays rumba but from Botswana. Most likely inspired by the Congolese giant Luambo Bakiadi, Tonton Franco and his band Tepe Oke Jazz. Yeah, well, our Franco was preparing to perform at the National Stadium on April 4th, 2020 with his 12-piece band Afro Musica. Unfortunately, his plans were derailed by the coronavirus pandemic. Along with everyone's plans to do anything at all. Anyways, alongside Franco, Vimampizi has been one of the biggest pop stars in the country for close to 20 years now.
Zampiz and Franco. Those are two people who made me love music so much. I think even today, I still learn from those two because whatever I'm doing, I copied a lot from them. That's Zolasco, a young producer and singer who's quickly rising in the ranks of House Guasa. He's worked with both his idols many times at this point. Franco, he does rumba. V, he does house was Okay. So, rumba here in Bozoan, we believe it's a music for Batoa Houdin, old people. I cannot sing rumba at my age. I'm still young for rumba, but I love rumba. So, we had to to steal the rhythm from rumba and drum. We took it from house, then combined the two, and then the answer was house kwasa. <laughs> which is our sound here in Botswana. I think, yes, we own it here in Botswana. As a big fan of Sukus, I'm becoming obsessed with Botswana's house kwasa. The style emerged in the early 2000s. Pioneers included Eskimos, Street Gang, and Wizards of the Desert. But V Mampizi is the artist who has survived, thrived, and in the process evolved the sound in the direction of mainstream pop. What happened, like in the music industry, like in Botswana, most of our guitarists, they came from DRC. That's Nicey Boy, a singer and dancer who recently founded a record label with Zolasco called Muso Music Empire. They were playing for big giants like Franco, Vima Pizzi. So they are the ones who came and started playing and showing us how to do that thing. Hearing Nicey Boy's song, Aritale, produced by Zolasco and featuring Viman Pizzi. Nicey Boy is also an incredible dancer. Check out his Mofe dance and try it yourself if you dare. He started as a dancer for Mingo Touch, who dropped one of the hottest house kwasa songs of all time at age 14. <laughs>
touch, you know what it is. Mingo's career really started when V took him under his wing and signed him to his label. V just came to my house around 12 at night. Then she just spoke to my mom telling her, no, you know what? Your kid is talented, I want to work with him, I want to make him big, this, that, this is how we're going to work. Then my mom just said, okay, cool, fine. Mingo is Zezuru, and actually so is Zolasco. He sings a lot in Shona because Zezuru people are a subset of Shona people in Zimbabwe. A small group migrated south to Botswana in the 1940s, fleeing religious persecution. Their religion discourages formal education, but encourages economic self-sufficiency. So Zezuru people are often mechanics, vendors in the market, or in other informal sectors. So us, Zezuru, we don't go to school, and uh, we are not allowed to do even music that I'm doing, but to me, I had to do it just because I love music and I believe that talent came from God. So if my parents did not like me doing music, why did God give me the talent? They had to accept it. Now they are my fans. Yes. <laughs> hearing Zolasco's hit, Mojevo. The chorus is street slang for intercourse, and as you might expect, it's massively popular. So one night, Nicey Boy and Zolasco invited us to their studio to see where and how the hits were made. We drove winding dirt roads in the dark until we came to an isolated house with a rudimentary studio in one wing. The session started at midnight. Okay, it's a little the guys were finishing up a song, a tribute to lost friends. Nicey Boy was in the vocal booth, Zalasco on the other side of the glass, sitting at a computer, coaching him through the verse. Hey, and then daddy, the backups. That's how we record this. Our our useless music. Here. No, no. no, no. <laughs> After Zolasco laid down some vocals and quickly added keyboard, the tune was sounding finished and ready for release. Oh, no, 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 no,
Jalasco's fresh house guasa sound is gaining popularity outside Botswana as well, particularly in Namibia, Malawi, and Zimbabwe. Well, that makes sense. These boys are hot. Anyway, Botswana's popular music scene is much more diverse than house guasa and cultural beats. Coming up, we'll hear how Afro soul singer Mpose Bina and reluctant celebrity Juju Boy are making waves with their savvy pop. We'll hear some Kalonga hip-hop and we'll get loud with the metal bands. Be sure to check afropop.org for house quasa mix from Modrums, interviews and more. I'm Georges Collinet and you're listening to Afropop Worldwide from PRX. influenced by a couple of other things like R&B, a bit of hip-hop and also where I come from which is Botswana so you'll find some music in my native language as well as some rhythmic elements from our Botswana. listening to her auntie's records, but she also remembers hearing some local alternative and hip-hop acts like Brown Sugar, Third Mind, and Travel Monks. We are hearing Fatsi Larona from the group Third Mind featuring V Mampizi. 
Now, back to Lulisimbi with Mposebina. Mpo got her musical start in college while studying international business in Malaysia on a Botswana government scholarship. I had a friend who had a studio in Malaysia and I would go there and we'd record covers. I started doing little performances in like cafes. I remember playing at a prom once. So yeah, that's where like my live performance also started. After finishing her studies, she returned to Botswana. And it didn't take long before she had established herself as a prominent voice in the local scene. Her music and aesthetic has also appealed to a wider audience outside the country as well. Before it was cancelled, Mpo was slated to perform at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas in March 2020. She released the song we're hearing, Melody, during lockdown. can also count on getting radio play at home. Radio stations are really supportive with the local music scene. Over the years, we've seen like a huge change and shift in that whole thing. So it's actually a really great time to be a musician in Botswana in 2020. As we'll hear a little bit later, this hasn't been the experience for all Botswana artists. Nevertheless, there's definitely more local music on the radio now than when I was growing up and more stylistic diversity as well. That was Salalena, hip-hop star Drama Boy's tribute to his grandma, with his sister Katlero on the chorus. Definitely over the years, the local scene has just grown in leaps and bounds, and there's like so many different artists. You know, the hip-hop culture has their own thing going on. There's a little few soulies, and the traditional music is still doing their thing. Yeah, so it's great. And there's a huge heavy metal scene, which I'm sure you guys are sure. As we were getting ready to go to Botswana, our musician friends in New York kept talking about metal, of all things. Growing up, I wasn't even aware that this music existed in my country. And now it seems like metal is becoming synonymous with Botswana internationally. This is due in part to a 2013 exhibition by photographer Frank Marshall, which documented the unique fashion of the rockers, known locally as Maroc. 
Next came many articles and documentaries, including March of the Gods in 2014 and Queens of Botswana in 2019, which focused on the female fans. If you look at the fans here, they sort of had like a cowboy, uh, biker combination. That's Giuseppe Sprana, known as Juice. A Motswana of Italian descent, Juice is the lead singer and guitarist of the band Skinflint. Botswana's first rock band, Nosy Road, was founded by his father and uncles in the 70s. It's quite a small scene, but uh, I think it's still strong when you consider the population we have here in Botswana. The, uh, the atmosphere, the intensity of the show is very raw, and uh, I think it's something interesting. about 12 metal bands in the country. They're currently signed to a label and booking agency in the UK and regularly tour Europe and the US, as do several other metal bands from Botswana. Like uh, bands like Overthrust, uh, for example, uh, which also had quite a lot of uh, popularity abroad, especially in Germany. Uh, they play death metal, but us, we play more inspired by classical heavy metal, like more uh, Black Sabbath, uh, Iron Maiden with a bit of uh, African influences uh, thrown inside the music. Hey, wait a minute. What African influences is he talking about? This doesn't sound very African to me. Well, in this case, George, it's mostly the lyrics. Juice uses themes from Pan-African mythology as inspiration. For example, this tune we're hearing, Tokoloshi, is about a kind of miniature zombie figure common in Southern African beliefs. The metal scene was also the focus of a 2019 compilation from Svart Records in Finland called Brutal Africa, the heavy metal cowboys of Botswana. From that compilation, here's Day of Sacrifice by Rust, which starts with the traditional song.
It's hard to grasp how metal as a genre can exist in Botswana, with society so heavily influenced by evangelical Christianity. These darker mythical themes can easily be interpreted as satanic. I'd say criticism comes with, uh, with a dislike or with a deep not understanding of something that has been put uh, in front of you. That's Cosmos, Tromov Skinflint. I asked him how he deals with this. Some people just don't understand. Do you find that you have to, to explain yourself in any way or you don't explain yourself at all? <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, in most cases, I, I don't explain myself at all because uh, they'll be like, oh, so you play rock. Ah, only rock, woman. <laughs> you know, they, they, they don't really like, they don't have that ear to listen to rock, yeah. you see. Yeah, you need to have that thing to be able to enjoy the music. Yeah. Maroc fashion has been used to promote other genres as well. The pop star Juju Boy used dancers in leathers in the music video for Michael Jackson Wakasi, which means Michael Jackson from the hood. Michael Jackson fan. You know, everybody knows what kind of effects he had on all of us. <laughs> yeah, it didn't matter what part of the world you were in. Yeah, we all felt the same. He is responsible for the showman part of uh, what I do now. Juju Boy is big in the capital city, Havaroni, with his glossy pop sound. Before he was a musician, he was a graphic designer, and it shows in his calculated, methodical approach to success. I'm sort of like, I, I'm reluctant to famous. <laughs> I like the perks of being famous, but at the same time, I, I don't necessarily want to chase clout and tension. So I, I, I on, an, on average, I think I put out maybe one or two songs a year, very deliberately. This is the complete opposite approach from many local artists. Zolasco, for example, aims to release at least 20 singles in 2020, and he's well on track. Every year I try to find the best song I can make in that year, and I put it out. And, and if I make a good enough song, that should be enough to keep me relevant. Juju Boy often takes a storytelling approach in his songs. For example, his biggest hit to date, Hurt Me, from 2011. How it came about was I was in the studio, I heard a beat and the beat had a sample, had a little like vocal sample in it and the sample sample went like, hurt me, hurt me. And, and that then gave me the idea to write about s and m I thought that I would get criticized when it first came out. Traditionally, in Zizwana culture, the songs have always sort of like been naughty, but nobody had ever done anything modern in that context. Baby girl, please hurt me. Hurt me. Baby girl, please hurt me. Hurt me. Hurt me. Baby girl, please hurt me. Hurt me. Baby girl, please hurt me. Hurt me. Hurt me. 
the response was surprisingly very positive. Everybody loved it. Like I actually ended up being the one that, that became really uncomfortable because like I would I would I would meet people's moms and grandmas and they'd be like, oh, I love that song. And I'm like, no. <laughs> what do I say? What do I say to to a grandma who says she loves a song that is about sex and <laughs> and all of the naughty things that I said in the song. So yeah, so everybody sort of like uh, was able to to relate with with it and, and and it took me by surprise. Juju Boy also highlighted an important but often overlooked figure in popular music, the producer. I, I work with one guy for the most part, yeah, Press Beats. He's, he's actually made more hit songs in this place than anyone. Pretty much every artist has a hit song by him. This tune, Hani Mubone, was a big hit for rapper Bangu, produced by Press Beats. Bangu raps in Kalanga, the language of the largest minority tribe in Botswana. The name of the country and the national language are associated with a group of tribes that share Setswana as a language. Yet Botswana is a culturally diverse country with many ethnically non-Setswana-speaking people who are less represented in popular culture. I'm Kalanga. Growing up, I rarely heard my language on the radio, on television, or in music. So whenever I hear Kalanga artists now, I get excited. I'd like to hear more of the cultural diversity of Botswana highlighted through music. That's Majilo Nalida, a Kalanga hip-hop duo with Babuze, featuring an older Kalanga folk artist named Ndingo Joa. The song uses samples of Kalanga traditional music, Hosanna. Probably the most prominent Kalanga songs in recent years have been made by Khaona Rantoyua in collaboration with producers Team Distant. 
This tune, Copisa, made a big international impact when it dropped in Sitsuana, Khaune sings in Kalanga on their collaborations. On this next song, Jisa, she says, bring me my money. talented women represented across the spectrum of the Botswana music scene, from Khoisan Maxi to Chamagil, Slaiza, and Khaone. Yet with the exception of Mposibina and Unasel, we had a hard time actually reaching many women artists for interviews. My name is Unasel. My name is Kabotaloki Unamiselelo. I'm from Sarowe, but I live in Kabaroni. Well, I started music uh, 2017 April. That's when I released my first single titled Ikhabeze. This song calls out sexual abuse of children, a societal problem that doesn't often get addressed in popular music. When I asked Unasel how it was to be a woman in the scene, she surprised me with her candor. Hey, Rone, it's, it's, it's rough. I have to say it. Rone is rough because um, they, they want to, to, to ask us for, 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 for sex, what, what. It's so depressing, Rone. You want to push your dream, you want to push your talent. But then again, um, people, I mean, like men, wants to you give them sex, then that's when they support the fool. And so it's, it's not, it's, it's rough. It's rough, but you just need um, a woman who understands herself. They think women are not strong. So they, they want to use us or mislead us, but it's a high time we, we, we show them our strength or we are strong, we can do this alone, with or without, we can do this. Unasel had a big hit in 2019 with the song Kemang featuring ATI. I'm 
We are hearing Kemal from Unasel and ATI. Beautiful. While this song is still in rotation on the local radio and TV stations, Unasel says media support is not always guaranteed. When they don't want you, they, they, they don't want you. Submit your music to TVs. When they don't want to play you, they don't want to play you. Even at radio stations, you just submit your music and profile at the music library. But when they decide whether to put your music in the system or not, if they don't want you, they, they, they can't play you. You can even go there and ask them, did you put my music in library? No, we haven't. Why? They will tell you, no, there are still piles of CDs. Some artists who find it difficult to get support from traditional media have found other ways to reach fans. I was just doing street release whereby I don't take my music to the radio stations, you know. That's Figos, a dancer and singer who works a lot with Zolasco and Nicey Boy. We're hearing his song, Rabautile, featuring V. Mampizi. person who always believe that they will support us, you know, but if they don't support us, what is the plan B? You know, how can we survive when they are not there, you know? And so I started with my own marketing of how I can push myself without all these medias, you know. I started pushing my music on the streets by dropping CDs in clubs, you know, performing there as you are, you know, and being known all around. As elsewhere in the world, Social media has given artists a means to promote themselves without relying on radio and TV stations. So ever since, you know, this good Lord remembered us, he gave us Facebook and, and WhatsApp. Well, I think there's platforms and YouTube. Today, Botswana really take YouTube very serious. That's the most, that's the biggest blessing. Well, they, 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 people go on YouTube every day, they check what's happening. It's just, it, it makes everything easier. YouTube has been a major contributor in the growth of Botswana's music scene in the past 10 years. Many artists use Jack Botoko's YouTube channel to promote their music. Jack, a well-known videographer, shoots for many of Botswana's top artists, and he uploads the videos on his own channel, partly because his channel has more reach than theirs. His most viewed video to date is V. Mampizi's Jumalana, which has reached 5.6 million views at the time of this production. And by the way, you can see Jack's videos and more on our website, afropop.org. Jumalana, 
So the, the idea is, is for worldwide reach. We are trying to push the local videos to go out, but it's, it's a slow process. It needs a lot. That's Gabo Takadu, Jackpot Loco's business partner. Jack and Gabo were instrumental in making this show happen by connecting us with many of the artists we heard from today. Jack is a man of few words, but we spoke at length with Gabo about the role of music videos in the scene. Artists are no longer making money through hard copies. No. It's, there isn't much money there. So artists started releasing songs and giving them out for free for exposure. Because artists now, they make more money on performances. Exposure is critical for them. That's where videos come in. When they release a song and they do a video for it, people will know it and they'll be booked for almost every event. So, so, so they play a big part in marketing themselves as musicians. So that has, has changed the music industry altogether. Cabo also told us that, shockingly, YouTube doesn't pay royalties to accounts opened in Botswana. Likewise, none of the international streaming platforms, so Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, Google Play, none of these are available to artists based in the country. They need to upload their music via an account registered in South Africa, which means having a South African bank account. This is one of the many challenges facing local artists who are striving for international exposure. But the biggest challenge, according to the artists we spoke with, population. The problem with our country is because uh, population, because I think we are 2.6 million age, is really killing us. The whole of the, the population of Botswana, it's not even a quarter of our neighbors, South Africa. But we have big land, you know, we have a lot of land. We are very rich when it comes to land, but we don't have people. I don't know what happened, you know. I always try to advise our youth, or maybe we should make a lot of babies. We need, to, we need more population, you know. <laughs> so why is a small population such a big problem? Because more population means more views on videos, more shares on WhatsApp, and more fans at the concerts. Yet, as Zalasco says, Botswana is growing in music. It will grow a lot. Namibia is our fan. Malawi is our fan. I feel that's something. But Gabelo Mohwe of Culture Spears feels that the government could do more to promote the music industry. We should not throw away our culture. We should be proud of it, Gabelo says. If the diamond disappears, music can be one of the things that holds our economy, as long as the government puts effort into it. Amen to that, Cabello. Music taking the place of diamonds. I love it. for today's program. Thank you for joining us for Botswana Dumelang. Funding for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Arts, which believes a great nation deserves great art. And from PRX affiliate stations around the U.S. And thank you for supporting your public radio station. 
Thanks to Jack Pushloko, Kabo Takadu, Morumutsi Kepilwe, aka DJ Biga, and Nambi for their help with this program. And don't forget to visit Afropop.org for a house quasa mix from Modrums, a video playlist, and much, much more. You can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AfropopWW. My Afropop partner is Sean Barlow. Sean produces our program for World Music Productions, research and production for this program by Lolisse Mbi and Morgan Greenstreet. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast, including radio programs and our Afropop Close-Up podcast series. And join us next week for another edition of Afropop Worldwide. Our chief audio engineer is Michael Jones. This program was mixed at Studio 44 in Brooklyn by Zubin Hansler. Manning Air and C.C. Smith edit our website, afropop.org. Our director of new media is Mukwai Wabisiolwe. And I'm Georges Collinet. Is there anything you'd like to add? Yes. I'm the greatest. <laughs>